Ready, Ryan? Actually, can you say the first line? <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Stardust0123 here with another episode of the Oob Show. We cannot include that, Bailey. You cannot <laughs> put that in the damn podcast. I love it. Let's keep it. That'll no, be the intro. No, not a chance. <laughs> the Oob Show. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Out of Band Show. Today we have some exciting takes lined up from Eric, as well as an epic adventure from Bailey. Before we get into it, let's take a moment to ask an important question. Is it black and blue or white and gold? Now I'm going to stop you right there, Ryan, and here's why. Now I've seen the picture of the dress. This is going back to, what, 2016? Somewhere this is, around this there? This is pulling from deep yep. memories. Um... I remember seeing the picture of the dress and I can tell you definitively that the actual like dress itself is blue and black. I agree with that. But the fact that you are unable to comprehend the possibility I've... that even one part of it, even one part of the population can believe that the original picture as shown was white and gold is insulting. It is demeaning and I will not stand for it, Ryan. I, I admittedly, I cannot figure out how you can see it as anything other than black and blue. It's like, white even, and gold. I don't even see the color white on the entire, <laughs> like anywhere on the dress. Like the, it's it very up. obviously blue. Pull it up right now. Like I, okay, Bailey, you're seeing this, right? Like I unfortunately have to agree with Eric there. What? I did see it as white and gold. And this, this just goes to show what the current political climate is in the U.S., where no one can determine what the color is. How Thank do you, you think it's white. white? It's so obviously blue. Like All right, a rough, a rough tiebreaker. What? What are we talking about? Oh my oh god, my Ryan. God. Really? <laughs> the dress from 4 years ago. A rough. The dress. What dress? The I'm dress. putting it in the chat. Check the check the chat. It oh, has its own Wikipedia, Wikipedia page. is literally what? the dress. Araf, <laughs> <laughs> I know you were just born within the last 24 hours, but you gotta know about the dress, man. <laughs> okay, so it looks like if you perceive it as white and gold, you're thinking that it has like a dark, like it's got, it's in shadow. Almost like, yeah, it's in shadow, exactly. Whereas if you see it as black and blue, you're seeing it as like there's a lot of light being shown onto it. I think. Wait. Right? But why is why is this the question this week? I'm a little. Con what Araf, what, what do you, you mean? Well, it, I I see a gold and uh -huh. a, no. a a light blue dress. Over the past five millennia, there have been two questions that have divided America like no other: Laurel or Yanni, or the dress. What color is the dress? Yeah, and the fact that you don't remember. <laughs> The experience of ever going to high school and debating with someone for hours on end about what color Araf, the dress was. Araf just created world peace right there. He said he saw both. He saw both? How do you it's do that? Light, it's a shade. It's like a very light shade of of blue. So it's blue. It, it, so you think it's black and blue? No, I, I think it's light blue. 
So it's black. It's blue. Wait, you what? See no. You see it's, black, it's, right? It's gold. It's gold. <laughs> <What>? No! <laughs> it's gold and light Are blue. you all blind? <laughs> and with that, I think that's enough for our intro segment. Let's move on to the news with, oh no, Aroft. Wait. Wait, why? Where do you see black? I'm very confused. Uh, where is <laughs> black? Where is it black? It looks like a dark gold, like dark. Uh, I'll have you know that the, like the 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 company that made this dress, Roman Originals, uh, also produced a one-off version of the dress in white and gold for charity. <laughs> wow! What? I love that. Oh, okay. I I guess it's time for the news segment because. Uh... <laughs> Literally anything but the dress. All right. <clears throat> Why do they call it news when it's about things that happened in the past? Why don't they call it olds? Well, folks, it's the olds with your boy Aaroff. <laughs> and we're talking about <laughs> flying cars because there's literally no news right now. So, as I do for most of these segments, I found a pretty cool article on Reddit talking about how flying cars are going to be commercialized by 2050. And let me tell you, I do not believe it. This article had a few pictures of like prototypes and they all just look like really big drones with a pilot seat in them. Um, hopefully they're electric. Maybe Elon Musk will be leading this fleet of uh, flying vehicles. But personally, I don't think I don't, I don't think we're ready in for, for flying cars anytime soon. You know, maybe Cadillac might make some gas powered flying cars, of clay. clay models. Araf, out of curiosity, does this article reference the uh, the SkyDrive, the Toyota-backed uh, flying car that was just tested within the last five hours? I think so. What? Yep. Yeah. Exactly yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we are recording this on the 29th of August, and today uh, a video was published of the SkyDrive, a what is called a vertical takeoff and landing vehicle. It is the smallest electric VTOL in the world, and it's, it's the uh, Toyota expects a two-seat commercial version of it by 2023. That's got more seating than, than my Beetle. So yeah. I'd just like to point out, you've seen me drive before. Could you imagine me flying? No. No, absolutely oh. not. <laughs> I think... Did we tell this on the last uh, podcast about the time that we were going down the interstate? Oh, no. Actually, I know my parents... I don't know if I want to relive that ever. No, I know let's my parents listen to this podcast. I don't know if they want to know about any of those stories. Let's not talk about that. Um, well, Ryan drove us to Texas Roadhouse tonight, and I also feared for my life. It was only like a 15-minute drive. Disclaimer, we got takeout, and it was very disappointing. It was Anyway, disappointing. the flying car has been something that has been foretold for ages now since the dawn of humanity since the dawn of humanity the egyptian gods wrote in stone the fact that there will be a flying vehicular transport that is not a plane um my only thought is the infrastructure that would be needed to ride because like it's flying great whatever do you just yeah, fly yeah. among regular roads and if so what's the point yeah. like what's the advantage the problem i see with it is that like you know, a driver's license would does not mean you can fly. Obviously. Exactly. So, like, who will fly? What are it's going to be like one of those things where it's like, uh oh, um, plane collides <laughs> with flying vehicle. 
for <laughs> oh, no. silly reasons. Can you imagine the insurance claims for that? That's going to be insane. It Ooh. also depends on how high up it goes. Because if it's just yeah. like five feet off the ground, I don't see how you can, like, you'll still have to use the roads, the existing infrastructure that's there. And it doesn't solve anything. But let's say it goes 20 feet off the ground or something like that. You can throw everything out the window. As long as you don't hit a high-rise building, you're probably fine. Well, you can go, like, faster on the interstates, right? Because, like, the, the problem with driving at high speeds is that you start to, like, lose control because, like, you know, your steering input isn't as helpful when you're going that fast. And if you overcorrect, you're just going to flip out of control. But, like, when you're flying, it's it's easier to stay in, like, a faster, like, maintained flight. So way you can fly on a plane at 500 miles an hour. So I don't know really if you've car. seen videos of Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah. But oh. you can definitely mess up flying pretty <laughs> easily. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can yeah. mess up driving pretty easily, too. In fact, well, I, yeah, uh, but, that's true. But when you're driving, you're on a two-dimensional plane. You know, you're going forward, backward to the side. You're if you're flying... Plane. You're on a three-dimensional You're on a car. Where now you have to worry about going up and down as well. Yeah. You know, I think America's ready to approach that. I don't think so. I don't think America <laughs> knows a lot of things about a lot of things. For example, mask. Please wear a mask. I'm begging you. Please wear a mask. I would like to see my family again. <laughs> keeping, We've actually held Eric hostage. They're keeping them from me because you won't wear a mask. Please wear a mask. You know what I want to go back to? There was a picture that I saw late uh, last week, I think, of what people in the 1800s thought, like oh, yeah. the future I saw would that, look like. Yeah. And it was one with like people walking on water with hot air balloons above yep, them. Yeah, I saw that. And mm. I was like, that's the kind of future I want to see. We've gone too far. How come no one's Go prototyped back. that design? It's like in theory. Yeah. Like the personal hot air balloon. Now, as as a someone that is by no means an aerodynamics expert or anything like that, there's a picture of it, so it checks out. You know, what I think is interesting is that, you know, like, I'm here saying that, like, you know, flying vehicles can go faster, and Eric's like, no, you can't do that. And then the next sentence is Eric's like, well, I'm no aerodynamics engineer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Eric, you tell okay. us how it works then. okay. I mean, that's pretty much the entirety of our show is, so I'm no expert on any of the topics that we're discussing, but here's my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, there's still yeah. time for a raft to switch majors. Yes, because yeah. I totally want to be an aerodynamic engineer. Woo. Yeah. Cargo. I just like that every time a raft speaks, I see this person playing the tambourine because <laughs> I can't see him. It's just his profile. And with that, that's the news. <laughs> that's that's on, the news. Let's go on to hot takes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hot Takes. I am your hot take specialist, Eric. And today, I have formulated a hot take so scalding uh -oh. that I have hid it from my co-hosts until uh -oh. this very moment. Oh, no. So mm. there's one rule that I once argued should be put in the Oob show constitution, but has not thus far. Uh, the rule is to not talk about SpaceX. Oh, gosh. I'm about to talk about SpaceX. Whoa. Oh. Hey, I'm liking this hot take. Maybe it's yeah. a hot take off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. So, yeah, and maybe the SpaceX monitor is a little bit loose, but either way, um, Ryan, I believe you've 
tried to talk about the Starlink uh, satellites that I Elon have. Musk has been trying to They're launch. They're going to bring internet to the long lost wasteland of Canada. And Araf's house. So here's the thing. Elon Musk wants to launch 30,000 Starlink satellites That's a to, to beam internet across the world. And in theory, it's a really great idea to get internet to places of lower income, places where that kind of connection might not be possible, like in the middle Canada. of the desert, something like that. Um, but this week, a resistance has begun to form. Uh-oh. For, uh, per the, the independent of the beautiful United Kingdom, uh, hundreds of astronomers have warned that satellite constellations like Elon Musk's Starlink network could prove, quote, extremely impactful to astronomy and scientific progress. Because here's the thing. You've got all these satellites in the sky, right? Yeah. I mean, even now, if you look up, there's a good chance you're going to be like, is that a star? No, that's a plane. Oh, there goes the ISS. You know, the the, the star field is getting a little bit muddy. You know, it we're is. not like full Wally yet, but we're getting there. Um, and these these researchers from the Satellite Constellations 1 or SATCON 1 workshop uh, found that this again, this is quoting the independent mm -hmm. constellations of bright satellites will fundamentally fundamentally change ground based optical and infrared astronomy and could impact the appearance of the night sky for stargazers around the world. Yeah. And here's the thing, Ryan, I like to think of the out of band show as an environmentally supportive podcast you know and i hesitate to say this but i cannot understand why you ryan warner would support such an evil enterprise as trying to put more junk into our sky my hot take is that the astronomers are absolutely right Elon Musk should just find a better way to spread the internet across this world. Because cause after all, is there really any point in trying to look for the Big Dipper when Daddy Elon's already taking a dip into outer space as it is? Here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. These, these, these researchers came together and they gave, some, they gave some options for how to solve this problem, this, this, little, this little issue. Mm -hmm. um, and these options include to darken them, to keep them low, to orient them to reflect less sunlight. And the number one item on the list was don't launch them at all. Because mm. at the end of the day, everyone calls space the final frontier. That's the thing you look up to. You say, oh, I want to go up there. But do you really want to go up there if you got 30,000 artificial little suns screaming down into your eyeballs and making your eyes bleed out? No, no kid wants to do that. So get Elon Musk... Put your cables underground or something. I don't know. Use the center of the uh, center of magma. Put internet into gravity. Do center something. You're a billionaire. Figure out a better way than polluting our atmosphere and getting rid of our beautiful night sky. Well, Eric, I mean, the most, you know, rational response that I have to that is, what do you think is more important? A couple of scientists in first world countries observing the sky and finding new things or... You know, giving children and parents who can't afford internet or education access to it. And it kind of sounds like you're advocating that you don't really care about people who don't have access to internet. And you'd much rather have your own scientific what it, what are they gonna observations do? from your high perch. What are they going to do? Go on Twitter? That's a cesspool. They're missing nothing. 
Yeah. I'll have you know I learned how to program in React using the internet. I'll have you know that you have an internet connection in a city that couldn't even load Hulu correctly tonight when we were trying to watch House Hunters. <laughs> I blame my internet service provider, which is my upstairs neighbors, which is you. You wanted this, not me! <laughs> hey, man, I'm saving 45 a month. What can I say? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with, you know, them covering up the night sky with satellites. I mean, 30,000 isn't that many in the grand scheme of things. Earth is pretty round, as you could say. I mean... Think about it this way. Are, right? are you sure this about is, that? Are you sure that it's round? Yeah. Have you is, done your research that it's round? I have I have Googled it because I have the internet. Um, but it's a lot like uh, Obama's argument against Mitt Romney when Romney was like, you know, our military, like, we have less ships than ever before. Like, we have, like, you know, less people than ever before. And Obama's like, yes, that's because we don't use bayonets and, like, you know, wooden ships and, like, stuff like that. So we don't need ground-based observatories. We should be building space-based observatories. We should have a moon observatory, for example, where we don't have to care about light pollution or things like that. You know, you can't just say, like, oh, we don't want to upgrade to future technology, so let's just not do it at all. Yeah. This is ironic to me because Ryan called himself a Mitt Romney Republican <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> that was a just joke. Just throw that out there. <laughs> hmm. Araf, you got any it? opinions on Araf, this? Araf, I know you're a big Cadillac guy over there. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty scared because there's a lot of yelling going on right now. And normally we don't yell on this podcast, What? but besides that, <laughs> have you seen this segment before? This is what I do up next week. Cold takes of the raw, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, as long as the satellites are made out of clay, it's fine because as we know, clay satellites and, and gas powered things in space um are good and and if it's good then i want it i'm just thinking that was I'm... the most intelligible response i've ever heard i'm i'm just thinking of the movie wally we've all seen wally we're I've all fans yes. of wally uh -huh. there's that iconic shot of wally and eve blasting off from earth to whatever the ship is i forget the name off the top of my head mm -hmm. and it has to burst through this wall of space garbage and dead satellites and everything just to get there. If you start with 30,000 satellites, what's next? 30,001? What about 30,002? Usually that's how counting How about 30,003? Don't ask Bailey to do it for you, but that indeed no. is how counting And what about 30,004? <laughs> yeah. You might see my argument, gentlemen. The, the number will just keep going up. And it won't be long before the sun itself is blocked out and the entire sky will just become an advertisement, a billboard for whatever company rents it out that day. The Out of Band Show. That's what Mars is for. The bourgeoisie is oh coming God, for us. Boy. <laughs> and unless and we stop the time we have our hot at takes. the ground level, we will never rise up against the bourgeoisie. The proletariat will never take control. I want to go home. <laughs> now you are home, <laughs> Eric. You mentioned this earlier that you aren't like an aeronautic engineer and that you're not super familiar with how things that you know fly work. That is and correct. Yes. Usually, all things that orbit Earth could be considered flying or falling around Earth. That, now, sure. I'm not sure if you're aware, but there isn't a hard cutoff on the atmosphere when it enters space. It's more of like a gradual decline. So anything that's orbiting in low Earth orbit 
will over time descend back into the atmosphere and crash, uh, much like many of our large satellites have done in the past. And so even if we put thousands and thousands of things into space, they will one day come back down and crash into the planet or burn up in the atmosphere. But what if Wait, they, so you're telling me that's better? Isn't that bad? Or, Wait, hold where on. Would you, what if they crashed, like, here in Madison? On people. Yeah. And free loot, I guess. <laughs> uh, but what if it, say it hits, like, uh, uh, the capital. Now there's damage on the capital. I already burned down the like amount twice. of times the capital's <laughs> been like destroyed. It doesn't matter at this point. What if it uh, lands on a person? Uh, what if it lands on done? you, Ryan? Ryan. Oh, rip me. <laughs> Wait. Well, are you, how you want to go out? Are you willing to give yourself SpaceX? up? Of course, that's how Ryan wants to go out. <laughs> I think that death by falling satellite would be a way to go. Not gonna lie. What if it was live streamed by SpaceX? Uh, <laughs> the spacex uh, like, like first stage booster just lands on you <laughs> just like watching the video feed you look up and like there it is <laughs> okay uh, well, that'd be a pretty hot way to oh. die which ends our hot take segment with eric let's go ahead and move on to tech fails with me the fails are simple the people are not Today, we are talking about the story of a product so infamous, so terrifying, that it caused an estimated $17 billion in damage to a major technology That's corporation. That's billion with a Q, everyone. That is a billion with a Q. Now, you may remember the Where year 2016 for its political controversy, especially in the United States, uh, not for its exploding cell phones. Oh, That's because boy. the Galaxy Note 7... Samsung's flagship phone was shipped with a battery defect that caused the phones to spontaneously combust. Now imagine this. You're about to take off in a plane flying to Baltimore, and your cell phone starts on fire. That sounds like a little bit of a problem, especially if you had taken off later in the flight when that happened. Now, Araf, what would you do in that situation, and how do you think that this has impacted the technology sector in the last four years? Um... <clears throat> well, in that situation, I think the right call is to consume the phone because if you consume it, then that way there's no. <laughs> you know, he's got a point. There's no more flame, and if there's no more flame, then there's no problem. I got but... it. No, oh. go ahead. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but but I do think that the Note Seven really is something to talk about. It it really kind of invokes the sort of fear of technology to a lot of people again about how you know these things could just explode ah uh, that's ah. bad <laughs> but i do think that when when the note 7 did run into that defect samsung did follow or they did have a good way of like taking all the phones back and completely mm -hmm. scrapping the sears phone and the internet uh did a good job of making a ton of memes but other than that you know I think that like small things like this are always destined to happen. It's it's it happened before. It'll probably happen again. Oh. And and we just we just gotta deal with it, I guess, because that's how technology works. It's the same thing as when Samsung released the the original iteration of the Galaxy Fold, when they had like that layer on top that was supposed to protect the <laughs> folding screen, <laughs> and then all the tech reviewers, including uh, Ryan, your idol, Marquez Brownlee. Uh, yeah. It was just like, oh, it's a screen protector. I can take it off now. Just peels it off. No, can't do that. Um, the screen. No, what I was going to say earlier is I think a great way to take care of this, if this happened in a plane, was A, 
you hope that you're in the emergency row, the emergency door row, right? Okay, I like where this is going. Two. You take the phone, which is now on fire. It's on fire, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you just hope that no one else is noticing. You kind of like shift it around a bit just to make sure, like, look around, you know. Three. You your smoking phone, yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. On a non-smoking plane, yeah, of course. Um, and then three, what you do is you take the, the emergency door. You just crack it open just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. And you just kind of like slip it up. Just kind of uh, put it through the slit and you quick close it. And then no one will ever know. No one will ever know what's going on. Um, so, Eric, I, earlier in the podcast, you said that you're not an aeronautics engineer. And let me tell you, that ain't how it works there, pale. Which is why you consume the phone instead. He didn't want any flying junk in the sky, and now we're just tossing phones out in the middle of the air. What, what would happen if you're just sitting in your backyard reading a book, and all of a sudden... As a, a plane phone. flies overhead, a flaming phone drops into your lap. Oh, consume That'd be it. a way to go out. You consume it. You obviously. consume it. Yeah. No, but I think uh, I I agree with Araf though. That Samsung, in in their defense, did do a good job of covering the problem. Um, they sent out these boxes to people that requested them that were fireproof because you know cardboard, fire, etc. Uh, there's like a fireproof interior. There was like specific bags and they even provi- provided gloves for you to like put on and insert your phone into it in case you didn't want to touch it. <laughs> um, they they did a great job of covering the warranty. And then since then, like I said, other than like the Galaxy Fold thing that happened a few years ago, I feel like there haven't been that many like defect controversies from Samsung's end. I feel like especially on the battery end, they've done a good job of covering for this. Yeah, I think people, I mean, even myself, like, after that happened, and I remember when that was happening, I got a little worried about, like, where I put my phone at night, right? Because I know a lot of people just kind of, like, take it into bed with them, pretty much, and just, like, sleep next to their phone. And I was like, well, if it starts on fire in my bed, like, you know, bed is kind of flammable, so it's like, well, I'll put it on, like, a metal nightstand or something, so if it starts, you know, on fire, it doesn't, like, you know, it won't spread, like, quite as quick. And I mean, you know that could be like a superstition at this point i mean it technically does have the possibility of starting on fire because it is like a lithium-ion battery and everything like that but yeah i think i think it definitely has caused like some fear and i think that samsung especially knows that and that's why they probably do two extra rigorous battery testing on their products now it's just a matter of time till apple does it and then bailey's screwed hey 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 hey! say what you want about the iphone 6 being able to bend or whatnot but at least our phones didn't oh, explode that's so true I'll give them that i'm, I'm a big f- fan of the ipad pro design which has a microphone on one of the ends and as such has a weak point and i've seen too many videos oh, of yeah. people putting barely any effort into just snapping that snapping thing in half. half yeah that's terrifying and I'm half expecting Bailey's iPad in the background to just burst into flames. <laughs> I'm just like frantically afraid of. All right. Well, that's all that we have for Tech Fails this week. Let's go ahead and move on to story time with Bailey. Araf, what's your customer service voice? Yeah, Araf. I don't think he ever changed. Hello, and thank you for calling the help desk. My name's Araf. Can I get a first and last name, please? I have no, never die. heard you put that much enthusiasm into anything you've ever done. Yeah. Hey, 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 maybe streaming, possibly. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, friends, this week on Storytime, I've got a fun little anecdote about my experience with a major fast food chain, McDonald's. As we talked about in a previous the episode. The McChicken! McChicken. The McChicken. Ryan, Ryan, that's your cue? It's... 
It's only a dollar, and it's like so good, and you can eat it. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, well, anyway, we've also discussed how the ice cream machine is never working for me, partially because it's broken, partially because I'm a nerd and they don't like me. Maybe. But today, we're not talking about any of that. Today, we're talking about management. McDonald's management. So one day, picture this. Ryan and I were at work on a Badger football game day you in the before times, betcha. before COVID. And I wanted to get some food before my shift. So Ryan and I, we head over to the nearest McDonald's to grab some McChickens and scarf them down before I worked in like, I don't know, 15 minutes. So we speed walk it over to the McDonald's and we get in line. That's so your first mistake. Yeah, I, I made a lot of mistakes that day. Um, as we got there, I'm looking at the restaurant, and it turns out half the city of Madison also <laughs> thought it would be a good idea to, to get McDonald's before that was, the game. Can't go to McDonald's on McDonald's game day. McDonald's it, I have it was, ever seen. It was packed. packed. So we get through the door, and we like part the crowd like the Red Sea. We get to one of the kiosks, and we're just we're sitting in front of the kiosk ordering. And, you know, as usual, I flex on Ryan with the Apple I card. I was putting my card in, and Bailey's like, wait, 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 wait. stop. <laughs> no, no, stop. I got it. And I then got. he shows me this little white card that he yeah, puts yeah. in the thing. He's like, Apple card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just to flex on Ryan. <laughs> uh, so we get in line after we order, and we're waiting just, like, several, several minutes. And Ryan finally gets his food, right? Yeah. And then, then we saw a friend of Ryan's, I think. Yeah, we did. We were kind of just, like, there. And then, like, him and his uh, girlfriend, like, walk over. And they're like, oh, hi, how's it going? And then initiate, like, the most awkward, like, 15-minute conversation I think I've ever had in my life. I don't think I paid attention to any of that conversation because I was just, like, watching <laughs> the, like, TV screen like a hawk. We'd, like, ask you I a question like, and you'd just be, like, looking. You'd be, like, I'd just be like, huh, what? Like, looking over at the uh, the P- counter. Picture, like, a Roth on the podcast that was me watching the TV screen. That, <laughs> yeah. That's what it was like. So, basically, what the McDonald ha- McDonald's has, at least by us, is there's two screens. There's one of, like, uh, orders that are, like, being made. And then there's one of orders that are, like, ready to be picked up. And Bailey's, like, yeah, watching yeah. for his, and is currently, like, in the, like, I, being made yeah, section. I was, I was ready. I was ready. Yeah, yeah. And I see, I see the number in the in-progress TV screen, right? And then it just disappears. <laughs> and I'm like, Ryan, we've been waiting here forever. My food should be ready now. And Ryan, you know, pulls, like, a mom move. And he's like, Bailey, you need to go speak to the manager. And I am not the person... To go speak to the manager. I don't want to cause any trouble. We're, I just want my McChicken. We're from Wisconsin. Right? Yeah. I just want my McChicken. So I go to the manager. And the manager tells me, you should have been listening, buddy. <laughs> buddy? Buddy? You're going to tell me that I should have been waiting and almost been late for work to have you tell me it was my fault <laughs> for not hearing my name called out of the packed McDonald's. The manager was incredibly rude, and I should have had my meal paid for. And that's the story about how I got into beef, uh, fresh beef, I might add, with the McDonald's state manager. Sir, if you are listening, I know that ice cream machine works. I know where you work, sir. Thank you. That's enough Karen talk for me. Uh, But I'm still going to go back there because, uh, Ryan, Ryan, that's your cue. The the McChicken. It's only a dollar. It's only a dollar? And it's so good, okay. and you can eat it. <laughs> so, so was this before or after they remodeled that location? Is I it, believe it was, it was after. after yeah. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. I suppose you were at the kiosk. Yeah. I that might have been the first time going there after they remodeled. Because too. I was so excited. If there's one lesson you need to know about living in Madison, Wisconsin, it is that you should never, ever, 
go to the McDonald's on Regent Street on a game day because yeah. the rest of Madison thinks that, oh, it, it, they, they, they know in their minds the glory of the McChicken. They it's see it in they their ethereal it. vision. When they wake for the game day, they know that a McChicken must be consumed. As Ryan looks upward toward my room as he hears me screaming. <laughs> and they pounce onto the McDonald's. And you think that manager was happy to be there today? You think he was having a good day that day? No, I don't think so. So when a little brat like you comes up and asks, where's my food? Where's my food? Wow. Where is it? Wow. I don't know. Where'd it go? And then he has to deal with you. Maybe he was calling you buddy because he just watched Elf the night before. And that was just the first name that came to mind. Because he doesn't know your name. <laughs> What's he supposed to call you? So, so bud, not buddy, Eric. So then, so uh, today I learned, today I learned, or off, me, that is me. What I is learned <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, Bailey is a Karen. And Bailey is a yeah, Karen. Bailey is a and, Karen. And Eric I... is a reverse Karen. Um, what am I, Arof? Uh, I don't know. Ryan is a Karen enabler. Karen enabler. Karen Ooh. initiator. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So we were back at that McDonald's the other day, and we were waiting in line. We always try to go back to find that same day manager to try and approach him. And so <laughs> I, I'll have, like, a knife in my pocket, and I'll just, like, hand it to Bailey. All right, Bailey, it's your time. Go, 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 go. I am not Whatever. usually a Karen. In my defense, I am one of those people where, like, you could give me the complete wrong meal. Like, I could order fries, and you could give me, like, say, a fish sandwich, and I'd be like... You know, they've probably had a bad no, day. No, we're not going to give like you a refund. And not only that, we're going to charge you for murder. <laughs> <laughs> Love my John Mulaney. Have any of you been nice. to the Taco Bell on State Street? Where yeah, that was terrible. I've, caught, I've gone in there and they've just been like, here's someone else's order. Do you want it? And I'm like, well, do I get my <laughs> order on top of that? Or like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> kind of we just take God. the previous persons and go. <laughs> do you know that used to be a Wendy's before we yeah. came here? Yeah. Want... Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. Ma'am, this is a this is a Wendy's. Oh, <laughs> Bailey, I you've been hyping up this story for eons, millennia. It's getting pushed up. The, that is not my fault. The as I said before, the Egyptian gods wrote it into stone that this story would be told, and Bailey did not disappoint. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. And that's enough for story time today. Let's move on to the outro with also me. <laughs> All right, we're just going straight through, Ryan. Don't you dare say anything other than stay safe. All right. Stay In safe. five, four, three, two. Well, folks, that's our show for today. If you liked what you heard, be sure to share the podcast with a friend or two. Stay safe. We. <laughs> you know, he, he did not. I'm speechless. We should keep I'm this speechless. in. Do it again. Run, run it again. Run it again. Run it again. Can this be my story time next week? <laughs> Well, folks, that's our show for today. If you liked what you heard, be sure to share the podcast with a friend or two. We hope to see you again next time, but until then, don't cancel your Outlook events. Stay safe!